You're listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by and recorded on location at Tree Bark Store in White Cullen, County Galway. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. Today we're chatting with local artist Tori Irvine. Hi Jeff, how are you? I'm great, thanks Tori. Thanks for joining me on the show. Um, would you like to do a little introduction about yourself and your work, please? Yeah. Um, my name's Tori. I'm an artist based here in Moycullen and I create bold statement abstract paintings from my home just up the road from Tree Bark Store. And I've had the privilege of seeing some of your work and it's quite distinctive. Uh, would you like to maybe explain to people the idea behind what you do in specifics, the type of material you work with and how you, how you make the process happen? Yeah. Um, my paintings at the minute, they're all, uh, done with acrylic paints. Sometimes I introduce elements of pen, crayon, pencil, um, other materials like that. And basically the process is, it's pretty organic, Jeff. I work in a quite a free way. I start off with small sketches and work on large sheets of paper or canvas. And it's basically an exploration of colour and layering paints and um, looking at the effects of colours together and the relationship between colours. I like the process to be really free uh, and that's I'm inspired by the creative process itself. So I know, Tori, that you've a bit of a history of creativity yourself. I've seen some of your other work in the past. Um, I believe you were making custom children's clothing at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, I went to art college, Jeff, about 20 years ago now, so it's quite a while ago. I started out in fashion and textile design um, and worked in that area for a few years overseas and at home. I think I always kind of knew that I'm a creative person, but fashion and textile design maybe wasn't necessarily where I was. Space you wanted to be exactly, in, Exactly where I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be able to express myself creatively and it was just trying to find the right medium, I think. So, uh, yeah, so for a few years I worked for as a textile print designer freelance and I also started my own business making uh, children's clothing and children's textiles and uh, it was a great experience. It was difficult at the time, but again, I knew I wanted to do something creative, but I, I didn't get the feeling that that was really where I was supposed to be. So I left that and stepped away from creativity altogether for a few years actually and uh, it's strange you know that there's something missing when you do that when you're a creative person um, I really felt that there was there was something missing so I start, I took up painting just recreationally I have painted in the past and drawn um, but I started classes and being more disciplined around creative practice integrated into my life in a more consistent way so I was painting in the class and then I started painting at home and then a few people bought my paintings and I thought, hang on a second, you know, something's really clicked here. And I really have a connection with working with paint and it feels really free. I, I think I pretty much decided it was a decision. It wasn't, you know, something that just happened. I decided this is what I want to do. I, I want to paint. I want this to make it. I want to make a living out of this. It makes me really happy and it's it's a lovely experience and I've always been a believer that you have to find something in your life that you absolutely love to do for a job. I remember having a conversation with my mum when I was about eight or nine, encouraging her to leave a job that she really didn't like to do something creative because she, she was a very creative person. It's interesting that you could see that from such a young age even. Yeah, and I, I to me it was black and white. I couldn't understand why... She you know, make that decision. Yeah, why why would you spend your time doing something that isn't enriching your life in any way or fulfilling you? You know, and I know I know there's that, you know, you've got to work and you've got to earn money, but I think if you're determined enough you can. No, I 100% agree. Um I've never really understood why people stay in jobs that make them unhappy. 
especially when you see that outside of the job they may have something they'd like to do that interests them that there's always a possibility took back in episode one myself and Ross talked about how these days we've so much more options and freedom about what we could work as unlike our parents yeah to be fair yeah and so that first feeling of someone paying for a painting must have been pretty powerful I'd imagine was it it actually was it was a, it was a real light bulb moment and it was I think from a confidence point of view it just gave me that that drive to and the belief I suppose that other people actually liked what I was doing because I suppose I always create for myself. I don't really look outside of myself when I'm creating. I, I pick colours that mean something to me or that I have a connection with and I, I paint in a style that I have a connection with. It's really not about anybody else. So when, when I realised that somebody else might actually like that, it was it was a, a real confidence boost and a, you know... To be creating something that is very specific to you and yet yeah. still appeals to others. It is. It's a very... Per- like, my, my creative process is is personal. There's a harmony and a sense of harmony and balance when I paint that I try to communicate in the paintings themselves. You know, it's a mood and a feeling that I'm trying to achieve in, in the paintings. So because it's so personal, it can be hard to put it out there um, and hard to be, you know, to feel that you're opening yourself up to criticism. But again, I think that's just a side of being a creative business person that you have to be, you have to toughen yourself up to that and be resilient. It's interesting, I suppose, as you said, would you found that you've moved very far from where you originally started with the paintings as your design and style still in a very similar vein? It's funny because I, I really am so into minimalism and simplicity, but in the, the contradictory sense, I love decorative objects and I love detail. So um, there's this conflict I, in this in my style that sometimes I can be really messy and use a lot of detail and decoration, but then there's the other side of pairing everything right back and and you know wanting more simplicity and things. So do you have to exercise a bit of restraint sometimes when you're working to not let too much of yourself or your emotion pour out there? Sometimes, and but the other, t- I think what I'm starting to do more is instead of restricting in any way actually allowing if I feel a certain way on a certain day you know to make more bold strokes or messy work do that and then the following day when I come back to the painting apply maybe I'll I'll be in a different place you know yeah. and um I'll I'll actually paint bits of the painting out so um you take away it's like taking away some of the the mess uh, and like making order of it. to that though because as you said you may be a different person the next day but the whole thing is a piece is reflective of you so you're given a real sense of a person it's not just a snapshot of a moment it's you as a person across time I think so and I think uh, you know that's kind of what drives me it's it's to feel what to be able to stand over my work and to be able to say this authentically kind of is a part of me Mm. you know I've put myself into this and it really represents me in a way and um yeah that that would be the drive and it's something that I chase kind of in in every piece of work that I that I produce and a bit of a family legacy so of creativity based on the fact that I said your mother was a bit creative and going to art college means must have been support there from a young age for what you wanted to do, was there? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, my dad was a, a great carpenter as well. And my sister was in um, visual merchandising. And my granddad would have been a painter. Great. Um, he did a lot of beautiful life drawings. So there's influence there from all sides of the family. The thing that I would say is, I, th- I think th- there was a lot of this mentality of it being a difficulty to earn a living as a creative person. And I think that's something that makes me more 
determined determined because it stopped people in my family from actually pursuing something that they actually really loved yeah um and i think i feel like i have a responsibility you know to to actually push to show through that it can be done to push through and to to make that opportunity for myself to moving on to the next generation is it's great for your own kids then to see that that is a possibility and to have come up in a household where they've seen you in various uh, stages through the kids clothes up to now that it's something that is deliverable as a as a, a lifestyle you know well yeah i think it's important for the kids as well to see that creative people can be um very much a part of our community and um you know and for them to be exposed to creatives in like even yourself here, Jeff, in Tree Bark Store and being able to pop in here and other creatives being, you know, I've met a lot of other local creatives even just coming in here to get my coffee. Mm. And it's lovely for my kids to be surrounded by the diverse people with diverse ideas, you know. And I think if we can nurture that in, in villages, like small villages like Moycullen, then it's going to have a knock-on effect and there are going to be more opportunities for them when, when they, you know, when they choose what they want their career path to be. And you know, funnily enough, I think it's actually easier to sustain that kind of activity in a small environment like my colon. And I think it's it's a, it's a funny thing. It's it's something that grows once you plant seeds. I mean, um, I think even this podcast and and Tree Bark Store itself, you know, it's bringing people together who are like minded. Yeah. And I think you know that's something that can be nurtured, and and great things can can come from even these type of conversations. So um, yeah, I think it's a great thing. Good. Glad to hear it. As regards your own inspiration and influence, have you found that also developing over time, like having kids around, has that changed your mindset and approach to art and the way you work? Or Yeah, definitely. Like um, even like my daughter, Elsie, she she creates work that I absolutely am so jealous of in <laughs> 30 seconds. You know, there's a, fr- there's a freedom and there's a there's just there's no criticism there there's just a real freedom in, in how kids work and I now have a gallery in my house of of her work because I absolutely am, am in awe of that yeah. you know ability to sit down and create something without the, the restraints the restraints and yeah. and the analyzing and the criticism and I think that's something that I, I want I want to be able to keep as an element of my work is that is that freedom to be allow yourself to be that free in your work working in abstract fashion like you do the great thing about it is that someone else could always see your work and it can be how they relate to themselves yeah like have you ever found very interesting interpretations of your own stuff from yeah other people? definitely um i mean people see i've had people see waterfalls i've had people see a friend said last night she saw a ladder in my work i'm like well not exactly what i was going for but <laughs> thanks very much yeah it's lovely that people find their own meaning in abstract art um because creativity has such an uplifting effect on me my goal really would be that art hanging in people's homes affects them in the same way it has an uplifting effect and that's why I tend to use colours that are on the brighter side of the palette and that um, visually light up a space yeah no there's something powerful about it some little piece that I collected some stuff myself from the frame shop in Galway and even though I had to wait for a few minutes, I was quite happy being in that little space and yeah. seeing all the diverse <clears> range of work there. And I definitely left the building feeling a bit chirper than when I went in. You yeah. Know? Well, so, when we're used to looking at um, dull, you know, office spaces, you know, a lot of people spend, you know, eight or nine hours a day in a in a box looking at an uninspiring um, space. So I think, you know, if if other people feel as impacted by art as I do, that's that's a really positive thing, you know. And if you can fill your space with things that make you happy. I think that's that's a great way to en- enrich your life in a way. Outside of how you relate to the work yourself, is there other external stimulus that you kind of look to, be it like outdoors or music or any other elements of 
aspect or lifestyle that you feel gets reflected in the work? Yeah, it's funny. Like you wouldn't necessarily think that my work is um, inspired by nature, but I do. Um, I do absolutely love plants and nature, and um, I suppose the green element um, comes into my work a lot. And also light. I love looking at areas of light and shadow, and that's something that creeps into the work as well. You'll see quite dark areas of paintings, but then there'll usually be a little um, areas of light that your eye kind of that will catch your eye. And I love looking at other going to galleries and all the all the usual stuff that creative people do. You know, to feed feed the habit. Yeah, yeah. We talked very briefly beforehand about um, artwork in general getting people into art and getting it to be less exclusive would you have any advice for anyone who might not necessarily want to become an artist themselves but wants to develop an interest in art and be able to see good work out there yeah well I think you know from I think a lot of people are scared of art and especially abstract art because they feel like they you know they don't understand it but what I would say to that is you it's a really personal thing take out of it what you want and just go with your gut and that's how I work as well I work in a very instinctual way so I, I would say to people if you see something that you like it doesn't matter you know what it's supposed to mean or you know there might not even be really a message there it might just be something that's visually beautiful but if you like it I would encourage you to buy it or put it in your space or you know surround yourself with the things just you know rely on your own your own taste and I think in that way people will have more confidence about art and they won't feel it's as daunting to actually buy something. Yeah that's interesting I suppose it's it's not necessary to have a message from it if the message is quite simply that it makes you feel better looking at it yeah that's a powerful enough message in of its own right. Yeah I mean I know it's not it's not going to happen to everyone but I know art and music have the ability to make like actually physically make my heart beat faster and I love I feel really excited I can go in and, and, and look at a painting or a photograph or um, listen to a piece of music and feel really excited you know feel like really inspired by that and it's not going to happen for everyone but I think you know the more that you expose yourself to it and the more you find what you like the you will you have a coming yeah, in tune with that exactly. kind of stuff yeah. speaking of which you mentioned to me in the past you actually quite like to work music when you're painting I believe don't you yeah um I very rarely paint without music and it's only it's funny I only noticed the other day um I was painting without music and I think I had been that way for about 20 or 30 minutes the playlist had just finished but I was so absorbed in what I was doing that I actually I, di- I didn't realize that it, it, had, it had finished yeah I was totally caught up in the moment that time but most of the time there would be music on and yeah I can be found singing and dancing around the room as well while I'm in the <laughs> middle of painting so yeah so the music varies from very upbeat um like I, I quite like dance music and then I really like like elbow and you're more you know melancholic Mellow. melancholic kind of stuff yeah. instrumental and classical music so a really mixed bag and it's a I very think, mixed bag do you, do you find you work differently depending on what's definitely do you just get into a kind of state of creative flow anyways and just kind of tune not so much tune out the music but you're aware that it's there but it just powers what you're doing um I think like what I was talking to you about earlier on about the contradiction of sometimes I work really messy and free and other times it's a more minimalist thing the music does inform that you know or it depending on the mood I'll tend if I'm working quick and messy it will be more upbeat and then if I'm in my more min- min- minimalist state yeah. it'll be um more calm music usually but there's a definite relationship between the two Um, and it's something it's a lovely experience when you have music on that complements you know the process and and what you're doing there's a really lovely energy in that as regards any particular plans for the future stuff you might be working on at the moment anything you might want to talk to people about Uh, yeah um, well I've 
been working on originals up till now and I've just introduced my range of uh, limited edition prints. So that's really exciting. It's lovely to be able to offer another, the artwork a bit more accessible to people. Um, also, I'm working on a range of much larger scale paintings. They're about a metre by a metre at the minute. So um, I'm totally engrossed in that. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's it's great. I think a lot of people are looking for work that is really statement you know, and on a, on a big white wall, they want something that really lights up space. So that's the motivation behind the, the bigger pieces at the minute. So something with a bit of impact, really. Yeah. It's funny, like I know a lot of artists' friends, and I seem to see a general um, movement towards large pieces of art at the moment as well. Have you noticed that yourself? Or um, I think maybe I, what I've noticed is I think more people are are getting into art and using it in a more confident way way in their homes mm. um, so maybe there's more of an appetite for it it's definitely the feedback that I get and the exhibitions that I, I held last year um, my bigger work was the first work to sell yeah. uh, so I think if people are going to invest and they're going to spend money they, they, want, they want something that is a real showstopper and when people walk into your home they see it you know and it's not it's not understated it's not hidden away it's, it's perhaps a bit of confidence in people to be willing to commit a bit of real estate in their yeah. home to yeah. actual art yeah, and hopefully people's mindset is becoming a bit more you know art is an investment it's something that is there forever it's something that you can pass on to your children it says something about you as a person and you know I hope that things that I've collected and that I have that Elsie will and Teddy will will hang on to and you know there'll be a story in that for their kids I know I have pieces of art that my granddad did himself and also bits that um, grandparents and parents have collected a long time. I, I absolutely love those pieces. They mightn't be pieces that I would have bought myself. Yeah, but because of the, the but because of the, the story, the, to they, they really they hold so much meaning and um, value and I, and I wouldn't get rid of them for the world. That's great, actually. It's, it's nice to see that there is that bit of history there yeah. already. You can end up having four or five generations of artwork yeah. in the house. Yeah. And uh, as regards other artists' work then, I know you said you're constantly looking at stuff. Is there a particular style or movement that you, you like to see yourself or anyone's work that you really admire? I think really like my taste in music. Um, my taste in art is pretty eclectic as well. Um, again, I have my minimalist painters that I love like Mark Rothko and that's all very colour based colour theory and colour relationships very balanced and calming palettes but then I love like Jean-Michel Basquiat which would be much more political graffiti kind of graffiti style Um, I like Bridget Riley so it's it's quite diverse as well very diverse um, and uh, you know bag of art that I would look at myself yeah yeah well, I suppose it's it's just a, an aspect of making life, or sorry, making art part of your life then as well, and be willing to not shut yourself out to other influences. You would think. Yeah, definitely. Like that's it. I try and keep an open mind, and you know, I I I do go through phases of being really into something, uh, but then I might see something else that that just it just ignites something in yeah. me or. There's a spark there, and I absolutely love it. And I, I like be, I like eclectic style in everything. I like eclectic interiors. I like um, things that don't match. I like that kind of discord of of you know putting spots beside stripes, or you know there's yeah. there's I like mix matching patterns. So I think that overlaps into other areas of my life when I appreciate culture. I like it to be diverse. I don't you know and and broad. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's interesting. And actually just talking about spots and stripes there kind of reminded me of your own work as well. Yeah. The material that you, you work on, was there a particular reason that you chose to work within that medium? Like if you could talk maybe a bit about 
the style of your work and the process of how it happens? To be honest with you, Jeff, it was literally just big sheets of paper and it wasn't really a conscious decision. I just, I just went to the first thing that was available to me and I've always had big sketchbooks around the house I've always had paint palettes around the house so just doing what I could with the materials that I had was how it all started out and I've never been a representational drawer or painter it's always been doodles scribbles patterns even unconsciously when I'm on the phone I'll always be covering the surface of a page with dots and stripes and splodges and Um, so that's how I work naturally. So um, my process is really, I mix, I, I mix, I might have an idea in mind of the types of colours that I want to use, but I usually just start by putting paint on a palette, mixing, mixing some colours together and applying it in a very free way. And that, that would be the base layer. And then as the layers build up on the canvas or on the page, I start to actually look at the composition. I don't do that initially because I find that the first stage is the most free stage when you can really just mm. put layers of, of um, paint down on, on the surface. Yeah. Um, and then as the painting comes to completion, which can take anything from a day to a year, yeah. <laughs> depending on how successful it is. Um, yeah, as that process happens, you start to actually look at it in a, in a, in a finished painting format yeah. where you're looking at composition and, and things like that. And it usually, I usually add the um, layers of mark making as I go along. So some of them are hidden yeah. and some of them will be on the top surface. So you get that kind of depth. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> I've, I've heard that, an aspect of that before from another artist friend. Do you think then there might be like a subconscious composition there somewhere as you're working along? I don't know because I start out with ske- like sometimes I'll have a very loose sketch of a very simple composition and generally the end product looks absolutely nothing like where I started out. So yeah. that's like all good artists, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you get you get totally distracted by certain other ideas that come in as as you work with the paint and it, it does something yeah. that you really like. Then you don't you know don't you kind of go with that rather yeah. than with the original idea. It's interesting though because you, you talked earlier about how you're jealous of Elsie's creative freedom but it does sound to some extent like you do have that yourself in that it's a very unrestrained way of working. I definitely do in the early, in the beginning stages. I think yeah. you, you tighten you tighten up as you kind of go, oh, is that done? Is that done? Yeah. Maybe that's not done. I'll add that bit more. I'll, you know, and I have to be quite disciplined about not overworking things because I could I could do that, you know. So yeah, it is something that's definitely there but you have to work at it to retain yeah. it because it can very quickly, you can very quickly start overanalyzing and you know at the end of the day an abstract painting is an abstract painting and it's yeah. you know it doesn't need to be thought about too much yeah 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 it's a very different process but similarly sometimes when I'm editing photos and I need very specific retouching or yeah I'll be working on it working on it and then I'll go away from it and come back for a while and go like my god what was I doing there yeah <laughs> let's just take that back to a much simpler form yeah. and leave it cleaner and simpler yeah, I quite often take photographs of a painting as it evolves. And a lot of the time, I wish I'd stopped about five steps back. back. And there's no uh, undo. And there's no there. undo because there's something in the quality of of a piece. that just it, There's a confidence in a piece that hasn't been overworked, you know, yeah. where you just go, do you know what, that's enough. That That is exactly what I want to say. Yeah. You know, there's a real confidence in that. And um, that's something I'm constantly working on. So would you find when you look back at your earlier work, would you feel differently about it now? Would you have painted a different way or you, it's, still, it's all part of your evolution, though, I suppose, isn't it? No, it's funny. I look back at, at you know, on our phones now, we can scroll back through thousands of photographs and um, I look back quite often. <laughs> and they, they, it's funny that I always take 
take things from the, I look back and I go, oh, I really liked that thing that I mightn't have seen at the time. And I, you know, I'll go, oh, I, I need to, you know, bring that in again because that's some a detail that I really like. Or So I tend to look back with things kind of and be more complimentary than I might be at the time that I'm actually doing them, you know. Yeah. So uh, I can only see the, the value in them maybe with a bit of hindsight. But I do, I like to look back and see the progression then uh, maybe as well a little bit of advice for any aspiring artists or creatives out there what's often said to me when people see your work here in Treebark is um, they like the freedom of it yeah. and they almost feel like they're intimidated to start because I think in their heads for someone who hasn't worked or painted before they feel they should have a structure or definition in place but given as someone who worked in a very free form would yeah. you have any particular advice for anyone who's looking to get into it themselves? I think even just as an exercise if anybody's interested in even just exploring their creativity not necessarily to create a painting mm. but as an exercise just to um, get a blank page and start making marks you know with whatever feels natural whether that's you know crayons or felt tips or you know markers or paint and ju- just work on applying the medium to, to the to the page and it is in itself a lovely a lovely process yeah. without the the pressure of how it's going to look you know yeah. you, you can build up quite a nice body of work for yourself that you don't need to show anybody but that it is about exploring your own creativity another thing i'd say is don't feel held back by oh I don't have the right materials or I don't have this or I don't have that I don't have a studio I work in my kitchen and it's not ideal but I'm not letting it hold me back yeah I, I suppose th- we can make excuses to ourselves really easily if we want to that's the thing you know you could you could just turn right and say well I don't have this and I don't have that so I'm not going to do it but I think if you just work with what you have and you know and you know make it happen yeah good solid advice yeah. Um, well, Tori, thanks very much for joining us. That was a very interesting and enlightening chat. Uh, for anyone who wants to find a bit more about your work, find your work or even find yourself. Yeah. Well, you as an artist, yeah. online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my website, toriervineart.com. Um, you'll find uh, all my new work there as well as kind of some shots of inspiration. Also, you can find me on Facebook and uh, probably better on Instagram. And I have some work in the tree bark store in Moycullen and some new prints coming there soon. So um, it's a good place to pop in and see some stuff as well. Excellent. Thank you very much, Tori. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers, folks. That was the latest episode of Creative Voices. We will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by Peter B. Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again and catch you on the next episode.